It is now time to turn your attention. It is now time to turn your attention to the Titantron, the number one wrestling podcast that gets you your information and gets you the hell out of here. Uh, it's been a while since I've did my own podcast. Shout out to Tyler of the Classic Match Classroom. Uh, but finally, I'm here in a new location with some new equipment and, shocker, a new co-host. And uh, he's a good friend here at my college. His name is Antonio Connolly. How are you doing, my man? Hello. Thanks for bringing me on, Anthony. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to to come on and 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 speak about some wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before you know, we get into everything, we gotta introduce you a little bit, get to know you. You know, let the fans know about your wrestling history. So, how long have you been a fan? You know, what what was your first earliest memory of wrestling? I guess uh, first earliest memory. Um, Definitely in the 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 nineties, a heavy nineties guy, so attitude yeah. era. Um uh when I was younger, um I used to go sleep over at my friend Chris's house. Okay. Right. And he would we would perform moves, even though they said not to do these things. Yeah. We would perform moves. And I vividly remember this because this is the reason why I hated uh, mankind for so long. <laughs> and <laughs> he he would have the Mr. Sacco thing, and then he would just like Choke me! Oh my goodness! <laughs> As a kid, and I was terrified. I was, I was like, God, screw you, <laughs> sir, screw you. Um, um, but yeah, and then so we would just do like entrances and yeah, like yeah. stuff like Kurt Angle, like and and Undertaker, you know. So. You know, when they say like don't try this at home, they usually mean like the body slams and stuff. I don't know if they specify like <laughs> Mr. Sacco specifically, but hell, you know. I had another question for you, just, you know, to see your opinions on wrestling, because we're a very opinionated show here. And I wanted to see just what you thought of this question. And it's a loaded question. So okay, forgive yeah. me. But what is your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers? Oh, it's Mount, loaded. It's loaded. Mount I know. Rushmore. Um, OK, so this is probably going to ruffle a few feathers uh, <laughs> personally. Um, That's what we do here. <laughs> you know, because it's like. I'm going to be honest, you know, a lot of the indie guys, uh, a lot of the indie legends, I'm not going to be able to name because I basically grew up on WWF and WWE. So, you know, um, that's going to be my forte. You know what I mean? So, um, so for please forgive me or, or, (laughs) or boo me. I I don't really (laughs) know what to say, but, uh, top four in no specific order. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to go with one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, John Cena is Mm -hmm. definitely on there. I grew up watching him as the doctor of thugonomics and even prior to that like ruthless aggression you yeah. know he ties rick flair for the most belts just seeing his pop back when super uh SummerSlam Oof, happened so good you know um it makes you really miss him being there even though he buried a bunch of talent you know rest <laughs> in peace nexus but well, we, we don't talk about yeah that. we don't we, <laughs> we don't talk about that but uh so definitely john cena um undertaker yeah. is definitely gotta be a guy that. HBK Shawn Michaels oh, is, okay. is up there just because from a pure wrestling standpoint, you know, uh, he's amazing. So that's three. Um, and this is the hardest part, right? Yeah. Because like coming down to the last one. Yeah, it, it's it's so difficult because these two guys, like if it was a top five, mm-hmm. like it'd be easier. Ah, and you know get, what? Just give me both of them. Okay. Well. <laughs> so so it's definitely uh, Stone Cold and The Rock. Oh like yeah, to round out like I mean, how could you pick between the two? You know what I mean? Exactly. That's one. Of, and honestly, like their feuds back in the day were just like so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so good. I wasn't even around, and I know that they were. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. great stuff. Because uh, they were so like they're literal contrast of themselves. Like they perfect opponents for each other. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I loved back in the day. Like the storylines were so ridiculous. Mm-hmm that they just worked and the way uh stone cold and the rock and everyone else they kind of had those um quirkiness yeah uh, you know like i'll never forget this is one of the vivid memories that i have <laughs> two things i'll never forget when stone cold beat up burger teen in a random oh, uh, random shopping mall grocery store yeah she grocery store or the uh time 
uh, Stone Cold came in and beat up Vince McMahon at the hospital. Oh my goodness! And, and Vince McMahon oversold all the punches. <laughs> this is great. Hit him with the bedpan. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> great stuff. Although we have talked so much about classic wrestling and how great it used to be, now we are back to reality um, in uh, 2021 because we have Crown Jewel happening next Thursday from when we are recording. So it's one week in advance. What are your excitement levels going into this Crown Jewel event? So I'm going to be really honest. It, so since it's always in Saudi Arabia, the times that it goes out are just so odd in my day <laughs> right. that, you know, sometimes you just forget about it. Yeah. You know, you, you and I are in the midst yeah. of our, our days. Yeah. To, to, to <laughs> I'll like, be on the train at that time. I'm yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of hard to watch it live. Yeah. But I always felt when they did this, right, mm -hmm. I always felt it was like a a show or, or, or pay-per-view that didn't really mean much, yeah. but after discussing with you, uh, definitely does. Because it's the first pay-per-view after the rosters were drafted. Mm -hmm. So all of the stuff like title belt changes and things like that go into effect right. after it. So mm -hmm. um, I'm looking forward to watching a lot of the highlights and, and news. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely catch like the... Um watch it on the Peacock as is now not the <laughs> WWE Network anymore. But yeah, I'll definitely check it out and uh, might as well start going down this card, giving our predictions. Yeah. Um, start hot and heavy. WWE Championship on the line. New champion Big E is going up against Drew McIntyre. I want to ask you, how are you feeling Big E as a WWE Champion so far? Do you feel like he's doing really well with the title? Not as well? Underperforming? I think he's doing okay. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't all right, personally, I don't like the fact that they're throwing Drew McIntyre back in the, the <laughs> whole gist of it because we literally had like him and Bobby go at it. I I think just going on a prediction for the match, mm -hmm. um, I, I still think Big E retains it mm -hmm. um, just because if they just squash it and give 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 it to Drew, it just... I don't think it'd bode well, but then again, is this is WWE, so... Yeah, anything can happen. He's doing really well with the title on his own. However... The booking of him has been like really weird because they've only been putting him in like tag team matches with the New Day. Yeah. Um, you know, you would think a new champion starting fresh, you would go and book him really strong. We're starting to see the opposite now. First, you know, like I mentioned, not a lot of like big moments or matches for him, big wins. And then second, we're bringing in an old challenger. Right. You know, we've seen him against Lashley. We've seen him against Orton. And although I love Drew, I think he's really, you know, coming to his own ever since that Rumble win. Yeah. Um, he's starting to show signs of disconnect from the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I think his promos are really just wonky. Like when he talks about his, uh, uh, you know, the, the fairy tales and the Scottish folklore, <laughs> you know, all that just random stuff. Like, I don't think it works too well. I, you know what it is? I, it, it's like kind of what they did with Roman a few years back. I just feel like he's great. He's a great wrestler. He's, he could do good, decent promos, but right. it's just when you keep putting the same guy over and over again, and then you know he's going to lose. It's overexposure. Yeah. Like at least I don't even know how they're going to change up his gimmick or something like that, but yeah. like keep him away from the main title for a little bit. Maybe go for a mid-card role. It feels like, like we're starting to have like a Drew McIntyre quota for all of the, uh, you know, WWE championship matches. Like you need to fill that one <laughs> McIntyre match to have a reign yeah. in, uh, in, you know, modern raw. Um, it just feels like he's, you know, it, it just felt like it's the it's been the McIntyre show for so long. <laughs> it's just becoming too much at this point. That's why I also do think that Biggie's going to end up winning this. Uh, hopefully, to do something different after. Now that we have, like you mentioned, the draft. And I I, I will say um, one. I want the three man band back, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, could you imagine? I'm sure <laughs> you're Mahal, not alone there. <laughs> Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre all buffed now. Like this is great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, I preferred when Biggie was separated from the New Day just because they didn't have to book them all together at, as the same. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the New Day. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good strong faction. But it's like, okay, he has the title. He has the title for a reason. Absolutely. Let him, let him do this solo stuff for a while. Mm -hmm. I kind of like them together just because there's so much that you could do right now with uh, the New Day, the Bloodline, the Hurt Business is back in town. You know, you could do something at Survivor Series 
people were even saying maybe do a war games match between all three factions. Ooh, that'd be interesting. But now that you're splitting the New Day, it's like, well, you know, you had all this potential and they were kind of alluding to it, you know, doing New Day versus uh, Roman and the Usos a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Now it's like, well, we had all this potential. Now we're just going away with it. So, you know, right. I'm going to have to see about, you know, Biggie and the New Day being split up. Um, I'm sure it's going to do fine for both guys, more for Biggie than it will do for Xavier and Kofi, but we'll get to them. Actually, we're going to get to them right now. Uh, so they brought back King of the Ring and they've introduced basically Queen of the Ring uh, for the Saudi Arabia show. And uh, I don't know about you, but I do not care whatsoever. <laughs> for King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring, I guess is what they're calling it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I know King of the Ring has been a staple for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But as of recently, whoever wins doesn't really do much with it. I feel like the last person to really do something really with it, uh, and someone may correct me if I'm wrong, but that was uh, Booker T when he was King Booker. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, like it just hasn't, in my opinion, hasn't been like that great of a, a push for people. Like yeah. Baron Corbin as King was kind of like eh, right. and, until he became broke <laughs> you know and i i personally like his broke gimmick but and i know they're changing it now yeah so, so it's like okay whatever and uh we were talking about this like with shinsuke it was like okay now he's king shinsuke but now he put down the crown and it's like why don't you just keep it until they announce the winner yeah I, or maybe <laughs> or make him verse whoever the winner is yeah like for who's the one true king of WWE. Yeah, exactly. you know what i mean like that would have been cool but uh so you know, kind of breaking this down a little bit. Let's start with the men's side of things. Um, you know what? Ladies first. We'll start with the Queen's Crown. Um, we have the semifinals matches of SmackDown's Zelina Vega versus Carmella. And on the Raw side of things, Shayna Baszler versus Dewdrop. Uh, who do you got? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so so it was really funny. Um, we, we were talking about this before we went live and it was like, oh, I was like, okay, so you know, is live in the tournament mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of other people. And you were like, she yeah, he was. Yeah, she was. And then and then they, she lost. Yeah. Like clean. I was yeah. like, OK, well, <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous. But um, OK, they, they, they can go two ways. Mm-hmm. I think Shayna Baszler might take the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, but they might just throw us a curveball and just make a dew drop win, win it. And I wouldn't you didn't put, have to speak that into existence. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a very good possibility. No, you're right. You, they definitely could do that. So it's fair to say for you that you think anyone on the Raw side is going to take that win, regardless of who's on the SmackDown side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to agree with you. I'm also like... You mentioned Liv. There was also Tony Storm. You know, there were all these different women that you could have gone with to really push someone. I was going, you know, before the um, semifinals happened, I wanted to see a finals of Shayna versus Liv Morgan. Oh, that would have been cool. Because that would have been such a great, like, you know, David versus Goliath type situation where you have the big, uh, you know, dominant Shayna Baszler who's breaking everyone's arms. And then you have the underdog and Liv Morgan, who they have been pushing very well as an underdog, Mm -hmm. um, even in the Money in the Bank match. So that's what I wanted to happen. And then, of course, SmackDown happened. And then we had uh, Zelina and Carmella get the win for whatever reason. Um, Yeah, I'm also in the agreement that I think whoever wins the Raw semifinals match is going to end up winning the tournament. Yeah, Um, I'm going with Shayna. I don't even know what to say about this. It's like Shayna is the only... In my eyes, the only qualified candidate for this match, she has been so underutilized these past few years, ever since they brought her up from NXT, um, you know, pairing her with Nia Jax, making her lose at WrestleMania 36. You know, there's so much that they did wrong with her. So now you have the chance to really go forward uh, and push Cena. Yeah. Um, Especially on a straw, like, uh, because we spoke about this, like the the Raw's women's uh, side isn't really that strong compared no, to SmackDown. Not at all. Like SmackDown has Sh- uh, Sasha, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she, they have Becky now. Bianca, oh, Bailey, yeah, yeah. Becky, yeah. Uh, a lot of names. I, I always said that SmackDown's women's division was the most, well, the best women's division in all of wrestling. AEW, uh, NXT, SmackDown was where it was at. That's a hot take. Did you get any uh, flack for that? I, you know, I did get a little bit. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's like, I don't want to go too off topic, but for me, 
I I made that opinion when AEW's women's division like wasn't as good as it is now because they've definitely improved upon like using their women correctly. Right. Um, you know, Britt Baker's been a good champion. She finally has some good contenders against like you know Ruby Soho and all these different women. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're even bringing in a mid card title for the um for the women. So it's all these different things. NXT, I think we're at the point where they were good for a while ever since they rebranded to. NXT 2.0, um, you know, now I don't think they're anywhere near where the other women's divisions are. I'm going to have to see with this new draft for SmackDown, but I think right now AEW's took the reins, but when it was, you know, Bailey was in the mix of things, Bianca was on uh, as the champion, Sasha was in the mix of things, and then they brought in Becky, you know, there's a, a good case that SmackDown could have the best women's division right now. And we're going to be talking about that soon uh, with that triple threat match. Yeah. Yeah, let's go to the King of the Ring match. Uh, The men's side of things, we have Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor on SmackDown and Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal on Raw. Uh, Who do you have winning this tournament? Um, Finn. I feel like they they brought him back to the main roster and they did some things with him, that whole John Cena stint. I I think they're going to try pushing him um, Mm -hmm. to be king and then hopefully they book it right. He gets the title I'm assuming he gets the title from the WWE title, not the universal one, because, right. you know, um, I wanted to actually ask you something. Um, Xavier Woods. So he's yeah. been like the hot topic right now that everyone wants him to win King of the Ring. The reasoning for why is because, quote, like he deserves it. Mm, OK, uh, so I'm going to go on a little bit of like a, a rant here and go, take it, take it. And, you know, like we mentioned hot topics or hot opinions, whatever. And this one. You know, I, I think this is my hottest opinion. Does Xavier Woods really deserve King of the Ring? Okay. Uh, is that a rhetorical question? Well, or? you know, Xavier Woods, sure, he deserves He's great in the ring. You know, he's uh, very funny. He's doing a lot with the up, up, down, down and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but does he, Does you know, I could, the only reason why he deserves it, um, as far as why people are saying, is because he has said that it, that's the only thing that he wants. He's been saying for like a year now, like the only thing that I want is King of the Ring. And then fans took that as, well, he deserves it. If I right now say that I want a new car or I want a new phone. Right. And that's the only thing that I want for a year. Right. Do I deserve that new phone or new car? Maybe. But, you know, just it just on the basis of me saying that I want it. Does that mean that I deserve it? OK, so just off the, off the basis of you saying that. No. But have you worked towards it? That is the question. But has he worked towards it in a way that justifies him being a singles competitor as King of the Ring? I would understand if we're doing like a tag team tournament and, you know, Mm. a tag team of the ring or whatever. Mm. Uh, But, you know, as a singles competitor, what has he done to really showcase himself as King of the Ring? Besides, you know, maybe the 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 win against Bobby. Right. I think that's really the only if they carried on with that, then I would say, yeah, sure. They've been booking him in in a position where he deserves it. But like, you know, what has he done as far as a singles star? Yeah, I mean, you're 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 not wrong with that. I I, I do agree to to that. Um, but it's kind of like the way I break it down, right? Mm-hmm. Is uh, if you stay with the company for a while and blah blah, you know, they kind of have to give you those uh like bird rights. It's not that's not the right terminology. Yeah, I know what like, you mean. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just don't think in this match in particular he's gonna win it. Just mm-hmm. over over gender, just right. just because. But you, you're not wrong. Like as a singles competitor, I don't think he's won that much, right? Um, because they always just book them together with Kofi. So it's like if you were to, you know, if I were to put Biggie in this situation, and you know, let's say uh, Biggie never won the WWE title, but he was on his way to doing something, right. then yeah, then I would say like he deserves to win King of the Ring right. because he became a single star. He was doing the intercontinental title stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, he has some merit behind him okay. so that if it's Big E, sure. But Xavier Woods, like he's never really went on a singles run. Right. You know, he's never won a singles title. Right. Uh, he's never done a singles anything. So that's where it really comes down to for me. If you're King of the Ring, you have to be you know, and WWE's eyes aren't the same as mine, but you, know, <laughs> you need to be like one of the top guys 
as far as like, you know, you could go in the ring. You know, I oh, think of like, okay. I, I think of Brett, I think of Austin, uh, you know, guys who could really go that one King of the Ring, Owen Hart, uh, you know, even like you mentioned Booker T, you know, a lot of guys that did something with the King of the Ring title because they had the in-ring ability to back it up. Okay. But that's on a singles basis though. You're talking about Xavier Woods, who's a single, uh, who's a tag team guy. Maybe I'm going off too much here. Like, <laughs> I know. I mean, like some people, some some people might flame you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but you, you're not wrong though. Like if they, so if they did what they did to Kofi to Xavier Woods about you know, like then your argument is is kind of like not valid then, right? Yeah. But but they pushed every single member of the 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 New Day except for Xavier except Woods for him, yeah, as a singles competitor. Whenever Kofi was going up against somebody in a one-on-one match, it's always Xavier Woods with like the trumpet yeah. or like mm-hmm. the distraction or as the manager role. Same thing with Big E. And yeah. it's like, and I definitely think if they gave him a few more matches, maybe maybe contend for like the the U.S. title or like, mm-hmm. you know, intercontinental or something like that. Or or have like some storylines where it's just him one-on-one. He doesn't even need to go after like a belt. It's yeah. just build a storyline around him decent enough to carry him. Mm-hmm uh for a bit and then you know win a few matches and and there you go you know um i'm not saying they should break up the new day because i think the new day is great as as it is but i think i think they maybe need to do everyone singles for a while have like maybe kofi do his own thing and and xavier do his own thing and then like because they could definitely do a storyline where they do a tag team match with them together and whatever and yeah I, i think that would bode over well instead of just like fans saying you know he deserves it he's been with the company for x amount of years you know he hasn't really won anything on his own you know what just give it to him and in it's that like, case like our truth should be wwe champion he's yes. been around for so yep. long like might as well give him the title you know yep. what i mean i like you said i'm not really for splitting up the new day but it might be beneficial to them and maybe that's the direction that they're going um although you know with the state of the tag team division i don't think it's worth splitting up any more champion uh any more tag teams and that's actually going to transition into our next topic which is the wwe raw tag team champions match rk bro is defending against aj styles and omos again the raw tag team division for a while has been just the worst. Um, Stagnant is the word I would use. That's the perfect word to use it. They have used the same teams. They have used the same stories. Why are we doing this again? That we have AJ (laughs) and Omos against RK-Bro? I just don't understand. Is it really that hard to book tag team wrestling? In WWE, apparently it it, it is. Uh, Because... It's crazy because they've had so many good tag teams over mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. And it's like, don't get me wrong. Like, I in the beginning, I really liked the AJ Styles Omos thing. Now you just have them against RK Bro, who, again, in the beginning, I didn't like, but they've grown on me as, as a tag team. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, they, they, they fight once, they fight twice, they fight three times or yeah. whatever. And now it's like, okay, well... Get us uh, some new people for them to face, have a new story, have a new struggle to fight <laughs> against somebody or like have someone, you know, it, make it more interesting. And, right. and that's not what they're doing right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But um, I will say I do think RK bro retains it. Yeah, no, I would have to agree with you. They're going in a story where it's probably going to be like Riddle and Orton turn on each other and then they're going to go for the singles match. Um, and it wouldn't make sense to take the titles off of AJ and Omos just to put the titles back on them again. And I do agree with you. I hope that we get some new tag teams in the mix of things with RK Bro. That actually presents a question. Um, so if you had the writer's pen, Ooh. what's your prime candidate for a tag team that you would want to see up against RK Bro? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. I would love to see the Usos versus RK Bro. Ooh. Just because, just because of Riddle, like, and his shenanigans yeah. against how serious the Usos are, mm. like, I could picture like Riddle bringing out like classic Uso like memorabilia and just be like, "Hey, yo, like, yeah, bro, <laughs> this is really cool colors, like this orange." And then they're like, "Yo, I'm really nah. vibing with the orange, dude." <laughs> yeah, and and they're like, "Yeah, no, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't do that no more. No, we, we're not about that." <laughs> that could work so well, <laughs> and even. Like, you know, with the Usos being so serious, maybe you even open the door for potentially some serious riddle. You know, we haven't really seen a serious side of him at all. Yeah. So, you know, that could always open the door for that. I think 
he would if if it was a serious thing, I feel like he would turn heel because mm. he's such a he's such a you know the the dude bro type yeah, of thing, yeah. you know, and that's a very face type of uh, mm-hmm. character. Right. And if he became serious and he became like, all right, you know, uh, that serious surfer type, you yeah. know, um, that would be a cool heel to see. Yeah, I mean, the running trend is always that Orton turns on his uh, partner. You know, what if a partner turns on Orton? Yeah. You know, we get Riddle as a heel. I don't think anyone's even like possible a heel turn for him. Uh, I think that could lead in a really cool direction. It could make for a new contender for Big E because now, you know, Riddle's on Raw. You could see a heel Riddle versus a real top face in Big E for the championship. That would be a great dynamic there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we're both agreeing that uh, RK Bro is going to retain this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I skipped right over this match um, <laughs> for like I, I did it by accident, but like honestly, Goldberg versus Lashley. Oh, um, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be a squash match. Yeah, it, it has to be. Whoever wins, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Nope, not and, at all. Honestly, I, I could literally flip a coin and, and just choose like who's going to win. <laughs> it's like it's literal prime Vince booking for Saudi Arabia to just have these matches that don't matter. We need to start going away from him. I know it's easy to rely on him. You know, when you have a, a guy who's not really doing much, you can just stick him with Goldberg. But like that hurts that guy. You've been building up Lashley for the better part of a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, you know, gave him the WWE title, gave him MVP, gave him the Hurt Business, like all this stuff, United States title, so much stuff. And now you're going to basically feed him to Goldberg for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Now, if he beats Goldberg, that's a whole nother story because that could actually help him a lot. But it's in a real situation where it's either extreme help or extreme hurt for Lashley in this. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go Goldberg as well, sadly. Yeah. Um. We got that out of the way, something we did not want to talk about. Now we can talk about something that I think both of us are very excited for. Hell in a Cell is coming to the kingdom of Saudi Arabia as Edge is going to face Seth Rollins in the third match in their trilogy. What a way to properly utilize the Hell in a Cell stipulation for once Yeah, by, you know, building up this feud for so long. And now you're going to have the payoff in a structure that is supposed to be the payoff to big feuds like this. It's they did this perfectly. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Like Hell in a Cell is one of those matches. Literally the big payoff. Like whoever wins this gets the bragging rights over the other person. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it personally. Yeah, I mean you could throw guys in a Hell in a Cell match and sure it'll be a good match regardless of if you have a story or not. But when you have a story attached to it, a good story, mm. it makes it 10 times better Yeah, because you've seen Rollins invade Edge's home. Yeah. You saw uh, everything that happened at the SmackDown at Madison Square Garden uh, where they had a great match there. Yeah. So, so much stuff going on here, properly utilizing Hell in a Cell. With all that being said, who do you have as your prediction? This is a tough one. My heart says Edge, but my brain says Seth Rollins. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think you can't go wrong in this situation. Like, it, either be it Edge or be it Rollins, like, you're going to have an okay outcome. For me, I'm going to actually disagree with you. I'm going to go with Edge. Mm. Uh, for, and I think my heart and my head is telling me that really just because I don't think Rollins really needs to come out the victor in this feud he's gotten himself over over edge a few times you know like i mentioned going to his house you know uh, super kicking him a million times on smackdown (laughs) uh sending him in a hospital you know like he's done a lot so i think that makes up for edge really winning the feud um so i think it's okay that edge wins here but at the same time i don't even think rollins really needs the win Mm. so it really just comes down to where do you go from here and i think with edge now on raw you have a lot that will edge and Rollins both on raw. Now you open the field that you could do a lot of different stuff here. All right. So we got a little disagreement there. I like that. I like that. I have a question though. Okay, go for it. Do you think this feud with uh, Seth and, and, and edge is like a good top five E type or top 10, like a feud or you, do you think it's just like a, a decent feud for the both of them? A top five feud right now. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, top five now, um, I think it's been a good feud in the sense that 
both guys look really great and they're playing their parts well mm. because when you have two experts like Rollins and Edge like you know they're going to really go all out. Right. I think the booking of a lot of the segments could have been better. You saw the home invasion of yeah, Rollins. Yeah, yeah. It felt very bland. Mm. Like Rollins really didn't do anything that he just sat in his chair. He just you know drank his orange juice. Like, you know, uh it wasn't it wasn't like the Triple H one. Yeah, exactly. Like it could have been a lot more personal. Mm-hmm. And for me, it kind of that was the one thing that I think kind of felt flat idea of doing a home invasion worked perfectly right but the execution was just you know it could have been a lot better however everything else you know all the promos that they've been doing even before SummerSlam. oh yeah uh rollins has been probably doing the best character work that i've seen of his in his entire wwe run Ooh, even better than the architect would you say yeah i would say yeah putting up against the architect sure i think he uh Maybe just a little bit of an edge over him, uh, but uh, pun intended edge, whatever. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, as far as like uh, the feud itself, I think it's been up there as one of the better feuds, okay. uh, but it could be better. All right. But moving on, uh, we have a match that not a lot of people are talking about because it's Mansoor versus uh, Ali. Okay. Mustafa Ali. Yeah. So a lot of people are n- annoyed that Mansoor and Ali were a tag team and now they just broke them up on Raw and now we're getting a singles match between these two. They're like, oh, there's no story here. The thing is, for the past few weeks turning into months, you know, we've seen these guys try to pull the light and the dark out of each other. Hmm. Uh, Mansoor is trying to get Ali on the good side. Ali's trying to do the opposite and, you know, try to make him do a bad guy. Um, it's been very subtle booking, hmm. uh, subtle storytelling. But at right. the same time, it's been, you know, there's definitely a story there. This is going to be an underrated match for like, you know, an underrated candidate for match of the night. Because these really? guys are really good. And I know that they're together, they're going to do some really great stuff. Any thoughts on this match? Honestly, I haven't been really following this storyline until you told me about it. Or uh, You're you're kind of hyping this this matchup for me. And I'm really excited to see how they uh, play it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely seeing the results coming afterward. Now, unless they kill it in uh, Crown Jewel, which I hope they really don't. This, this can definitely like blossom into a really really good storyline where one guy like you said one guy is trying to pull out the light out of someone and then the one guy is trying to pull out the dark out of someone and it's a very like yin and yangy type of storytelling that mm. as you said you know very subtle i like i like this type of slow story building up and and you know i it, it could definitely have a big payout if we just give it some time and let these guys do what they want to do and you know that's not to say that we won't even see mansoor and ali be a tag team again you know they were just drafted together to go over to smackdown they were drafted as a unit so although they're you know getting broken up that's not to say that you know ali loses the match and uh he shakes mansoor's hand and they actually choose to go to the light i think there's a lot of storytelling here that a lot of people are like blinding themselves to because they're so used to the wwe booking of (laughs) you know hot shotting things breaking up tag teams there's a lot more rooted here, which I that's why I'm really interested to see this match. And both guys are great in the ring, so I know they're going to pull something off great. And honestly, I'm going to have to go with Mansoor here. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned to you, Mansoor is the undertaker of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, He always wins his matches. And I think that's going to be a trend going forward. Um, I'm sure Saudi Arabia wants that representation on their show, and they want them to be represented in a positive light. So you're going to see him win here. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be uh, Mansoor too. Um, just because like you, like you said, if he hasn't lost, why make him lose now? Yeah, exactly. We could get that like handshake and, and things like that, or it, it blossoms into even a breakup of this tag team. And like, you know, you can't go wrong. I think is what we're trying to get at is that any way that you go at it, you know, I love the comparison of like the yin and yang. You could do that feud. You can put them together as a tag team. You really can't go wrong here as long as you just don't stop it here because these guys are great storytellers you know they have chemistry together they've been working really well as a tag team i know they're going to work well in a match together Mm -hmm. and uh like i said you know look out for this as like an underrated candidate for match of the night uh as we move on to another uh highly anticipated match we have a smackdown women's championship on the line as becky lynch is defending against sasha banks and bianca belair i have a question for you um shoot you know, we saw Becky return at SummerSlam, and ever since then, she's been presented as a heel. 
Right. How do you feel that that's been working? Do you like Becky better as a heel or as a face? Do you, what do you think works best, I should I, say? I personally like her as a face. It's really hard for me to see Becky Lynch as a heel. Yeah. Just generally, mm-hmm. you know, um, to me, she's just a face. Like the, <laughs> the whole underdog, the whole the man. To me, that was like, okay, you're, you're doing it because you want to overcome some odds. Now right. you're just strong woman right. <laughs> and it's like okay like i get it like don't get me wrong like i understand but yeah um, i mean i think becky as a face is better i think it's more relatable more personable i think becky as a heel works but only again i keep saying it if you do it right mm. which they really did uh i was at the SummerSlam where she turned heel originally on uh charlotte from about i would say that SummerSlam to I don't know, maybe like Survivor Series, they were still presenting her as a heel and she was doing really well with it. You know, she was like, uh, you know, making fun of John Cena to his face. She was talking about Edge's neck right to his face, you know, all these uh, jabs. And it was really working where I think they fail now is that she has not been good on the mic uh, ever since her return. I think people are kind of overrating her a bit. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about like, you know, everyone compares like the four horsewomen, like which is the best, honestly, like for a while, the worst, I would have said like Bailey. Yeah, I would agree with that. However, now that Bailey turned heel and she's been amazing on the mic, is it, is it unfair to say Becky might be the worst one? Ooh, that's another hot take. Like, I mean, like I'm thinking about it like right now too. Currently? Yeah. I mean, she's been okay in the ring, you know, same old Becky, but like her promos aren't as good. She doesn't connect that well. And you have the three other women in Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey who do what she's doing honestly a little bit better. better. You know, Charlotte's probably the best in-ring talent that they have as far as psychology is concerned. Right. As far as like execution, like she's- Sasha has the charisma. She has amazing in-ring action as well. True. She probably rivals Charlotte with the best in-ring talent. Uh, and then Bailey really comes into her own as far as her character and mic work yeah. uh, and makes up for anything else in the ring. When it comes to Becky, you know, her in-ring work is okay. Her mic skills are not that great. That isn't as comparable as to those other three. Yeah. I mean, when you make those points, yeah, you know. I, like I like I like I agree with you when if we were going back to to hugger Bailey, I would just been like, uh, yeah, this right. is not this is this is this is not it, chief. But uh, <laughs> um, but now if you look at it, you know, with uh, Charlotte being, you know, the ever strong women's uh, wrestler on right. on on the roster, you have Sasha doing her thing um, and then now Bailey with with, you know, this heel aspect when she came back and she was doing that heel promo, um, I just it just didn't resonate with me. And that's not to say like, you know, she's bad as a heel, but like mm-hmm. as of right now, it's like WrestleMania 35 was the last time that I could say like Becky was really like at her peak. Ever right. since then, it's slowly been going down. And that's not entirely her fault. You know, she had like some really bad match ups like Lacey Evans was involved oh, yeah, for a while true. and like they paired her up with Seth Rollins that really hurt her. her I don't feel that her reign was as memorable um you know ever since like 35 I would say right. she was slowly coming down the list this heel turn I think definitely for me at least I know everyone's going to have a different opinion for me that heel turn puts her at the bottom of the four horsewomen yeah, I, I could I could agree with that for now. You yeah, know? for now. We're well, going to have to see. Depending on how this like match turns out. Right. You know, um, which I'm excited to see. Yeah, um, I think it'll be great. It's just going to be very interesting um, because I feel like the results of this match are going to dictate uh, each one of these characters as a story going forward. Well, let's think about it because we also have, you know, we keep mentioning the implications of the draft coming in after the show. Mm-hmm. Charlotte and Sasha are going to be over on SmackDown where Becky and Bianca are going to go to Raw. Becky has the SmackDown title. Charlotte has the Raw title. Charlotte has been heavily included in this feud as of late, but she's not in the match. So do you think she'll get uh, invited in? You know, do you think anything? But- I, I don't think she's going to be invited into the triple threat. I think she's going to interfere in it. I think that's what's going to happen. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think she's gonna cost. Um, I think Becky the the title for it, or she's gonna cost somebody, and, right. and that's what's gonna do her storyline with whoever it is um, going forward. They mentioned, uh, I believe it was it was either Becky or Charlotte on a f- promo, uh, the possibility of having both titles. Um, maybe doing a champion versus champion winner take all situation. And if you're a fan of the Titan Tron, you know that I love my winner take all matches. Um, so do you think that this is a strong possibility for, you know, winner take all? And also kind of adding on to that, do you think they need to unite those two women's titles? Because when you don't have that many women's contenders, mm-hmm. what's really the point? And I guess we're going to have to see with the draft we keep mentioning it, but it's so important, uh, you know, these new contenders and who's going to come up to the fray. But do you see them uniting those titles at all? I I mean, you you could do it. I personally think there should be uh, a title for each brand. Okay. Just, just because, like, if they do uh, unite the titles, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have a bunch of um, matches to prove to who's, you know, um, cross-branding and all that stuff. Right. And... Um, you know, if it if it were like one universal uh, roster, I think that would have been fine to do that mm-hmm. because then you could just okay, well, I'm just gonna go shoot over to SmackDown real quick. Yeah. I'm gonna go over to Raw, you know, exactly, and, and fight it out. And I mean, you, they could do it, but I feel like just to keep things interesting, to keep the both of the brands kind of separate but equal, they should have two separate major titles, unless they give us two separate mid-card women's titles okay and then so they unite the main one and then people can go cross brand but then you have something for women to to go for i'm of the opinion that i think you should unite the main women's titles just because the women's divisions on both rosters aren't as strong to support two separate titles mm-hmm. um however you know bringing in that second women's division uh excuse me women's title is kind of what AEW is doing right now bringing in that tbs title because on AEW you don't have a lot of contenders for uh for brit uh you have you know a few that you're building up thunder rosa and that's really <laughs> it um so having the tbs title allows you to push for other you know talents like jade cargill um you know tay conti anna jay a lot of different women who wouldn't necessarily have the chance to shine against someone like Britt. Mm-hmm. now you have another title for you so i think a mid card actually works mm-hmm. very well for talents like Liv morgan tony mm-hmm. storm mm-hmm. Uh, you know do drop why not yeah. um so Selena many Vega. yeah well, you know what zelina vega is not even that bad it's just that like she has not won a match since, since she got back since she got back and then she just started winning all the matches and it's like all right go off um <laughs> but yeah i i honestly don't even mind having like a mid-card title for both brands and having that main title is like what you're really chasing for yeah because then you can have your you know mid-card division kind of exclusive to both brands but then you know you kind of have your upper echelon of women's uh contenders that can even like float the brands you know you don't necessarily need to just have the champion you know let's say charlotte going back and forth from smackdown to raw why don't we have like becky chaser smackdown to raw and Mm -hmm. we have both of them on the show that'll definitely help the ratings and you know that they're looking for anything at this point to help with ratings so you know i I think that could be an interesting dynamic i never even considered that that's nice there's a lot of different storylines that did a lot of different things i hope they take it into consideration absolutely Um, you know because we all know wwe is looking at the other brands and looking at everybody else and seeing how well they do it and they try to adapt it to their own system so if this mid card in AEW works well enough maybe we'll see that in the near future totally so you know kind of wrapping this all in a bow who is your prediction for the smackdown women's match um i think it's bianca really yeah why is that um i think i she's just i think all right so it I think she's going to do the whole because she's the EST. I think she's going to prove again that she's the strongest out of all of these uh, strong women that have owned these titles a, mm-hmm. a, for a while. She is the, I guess, youngest, I guess, quote yeah. unquote, sure. um, person there. And again, I genuinely liked her title run. Um, some people can argue against her title run, but mm-hmm. I, I genuinely liked it. She's a young blood person coming in. And right. if she beats these older vets um mm-hmm. who have all this experience it just shows lighter onto her situation i do want to see a championship change hands 
So I'm going to go in that route. However, I'm going to choose Sasha. Mm. Uh, the only reason why I say that is because, um, you know, Sasha's going to be on SmackDown. Right. So I think this is a way that they could kind of bring her, uh, you know, to have that championship going over to the blue brand. Right, right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't really know what the booking was originally for SummerSlam, but you originally were going to have Sasha versus Bianca for the title until uh, everything right. happened with bringing Becky. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, I kind of saw that as the spot where Bianca was going to lose the belt to Sasha. So if they True. wanted to like, you know, do kind of a, a turnaround and go back to where they wanted to be, you know, this could kind of be that outlet to give Sasha the title. And then, you know, even to your point that you mentioned earlier before, after the match, have Charlotte attack Sasha mm. uh, as they are both going to be on SmackDown going forward. Uh, so now you could have face Sasha versus heel Charlotte, you know, classic feud between those two reignite that. Um, and yeah, you know, you could do a lot there, but. I mean that's not a bad outlook on on that match, and I, I if it does happen, then uh, I wouldn't be mad about that either personally. I think we've talked extensively about the women's division, the state of the women's division as a whole. Let's move on to the last match: Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. This has to be one of the most compelling stories as far as stories i'm talking about roman as mm -hmm. a heel mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. implemented with paul Heyman yeah. and uh, brock yeah one of the more compelling stories that i've seen in recent history from a story standpoint if you look at the whole in, with paul Heyman as like the crux of the whole entire situation yep it it's so good he's the glue he's like the glue between these two that really keeps the story going yeah because we wanted to see for the longest time you know when roman brought in paul originally we were like immediately what's going on with brock so now you have that element and i actually wanted to bring attention to like the point that a lot of people will criticize this and saying oh it's just another brock versus roman match we've seen it so many times you have a heel Roman mm -hmm. who has been completely different to anything that we've seen, not just for Roman himself, but for wrestling for WWE in the last decade. Something yeah. completely different. You now have a situation where you have a face Brock Lesnar, not like tweener or anything. He is straight up a baby face yeah. going into this match. This is a new dynamic. Heel Roman face Brock. Yeah. Something we hadn't seen up until this point. And now it, for, for me, at least, it feels like a fresh matchup. Brock is the same for me as like Randy Orton is where mm. Randy, sure, you know, he is very unmotivated. A lot of the times we've seen that with a lot of his opponents. But when he's working with someone that he wants to work with, you could see that he's motivated. Like you yeah. could see that he was motivated working with Drew as compared yeah. to the months before where he was, he really wasn't doing anything and he wasn't interested. It's same thing with Brock. You know, I'm sure Brock really was interested to work with Daniel Bryan, uh, AJ Styles. And as far as I'm aware, you know, I'm sure Roman and Brock both like going at it in the ring against each other. We wouldn't be seeing it so many times that is true. Uh, if they wouldn't because of creative control at the end of the day. This is the first that you're really going to see Roman almost as the underdog in this match. Yeah. You, you know, for so long, you've seen Roman as like, you know, who's going to beat Roman? True. Well, now can Roman take over Brock? Because for the better part of a decade, it was always who's going to take down Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Well, Brock Lesnar's back. So now is Roman going to be that guy? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Paul Heyman. So how do you think that he's going to play into the whole thing, swing of things fitting in? And I guess you can give your prediction with that. I, I genuinely. So I, I think Roman's going to win. Right. Right. Because it's going to lead into something bigger, which I'll get to um, mm -hmm. in a bit. But I think Paul's going to cost Brock the match um, and he, he Roman's going to win because oh. of that. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. We are on the same base there. I think same thing. You know, Paul Heyman's going to cost Brock. Yeah. He's going to stay with Roman and Roman's going to win. Uh, I just don't think that Roman can lose at this point. He's been booked so strong. Yeah. He's going into a match. You know, he's probably going to be in store for a very long title reign. I wouldn't yeah, even yeah. be surprised if he carries the title into not next year's WrestleMania, the following. Mm, that's, that's how confident that I am that he he might go a thousand days and, it, and it's good, you know, and it's a good reign that he's the only guy that I could really say I'm okay with seeing him for a thousand days as champion. I love the booking for Roman so much uh, since he's become heel mm -hmm. and the what I would love to see 
you know, he beats Brock, whatever, and then he goes to verse the rock mm. in some capacity i want to see that it's gotta happen exactly because like you have someone who was the he- quote-unquote head yeah. of the table at one <laughs> point and now you have the the new guy who's the head of the table and like you know um he's been subtweeting the rock uh, yeah. for for a bit now yeah. and it's like slowly slowly trying to build in its own and um you know you can have the you have Dwayne come in it's like oh well i given you i've given you roles in some of my movies blah 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 <laughs> you know like the Dwayne type of uh yeah jazz. Exactly. but i i would love to see that i would love to see that match it would be so good it has to be this year's wrestlemania main event you know people are saying push it until the hollywood wrestlemania uh when they're going to be in california Ooh. uh but i don't know I, I think you could just do it now because you want to build someone up for roman mm-hmm. to take that title off of him you know, why wait a year? I guess you could do Roman Rock without the title, but then nah, there's, it, just, there's it, no needs, it needs the championship. Yeah, to there's it. no payoff. So I say, you know, we'll do Brock and Roman this Thursday. Do Brock and Brock and Rock. Do <laughs> Roman and Rock at WrestleMania and then use the next year to build someone up to take the title off of Roman at the following year's WrestleMania. And you have just built up a perfect a timeline of events to allow Roman to be a dominant champion, but at the same time, allow your new crop of talent to take that title off of him. Uh, but that's just as long as Roman does win this Thursday against Brock, which I think we're both locking in our picks for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that is the entire show run down. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just about ready to wrap things up here in the studio. Antonio, it was your first episode. How are you feeling about being on the Titantron? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm, you know, super happy that you brought me on. I, I hope you enjoyed my company. I hope yeah. the, the fans enjoyed my input. Um, you know, uh, or or you hated it. I, either way, <laughs> either way, as long as you're listening, uh, I appreciate it. Yep, that's all that matters. And but, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked what you heard, make sure you leave a like on this video. If you're watching or listening on YouTube, uh, comment what you thought or your crown jewel predictions that would always help uh if you're listening to us on spotify or apple Podcasts, be sure to support in any way that you can uh, especially on apple Podcasts, where you can give a five star rating and a review telling me what you think of my voice and antonio's voice and our maybe shitty opinions on wrestling but you know whatever <laughs> um you know so much that you can do to support the titantron even our merch store the titantron podcast.creator-spring.com uh so many things that are happening with me and podcasting make sure you listen to the classic match classroom it releases every sunday with myself and tyler wolf from counted out seven uh support the turnbuckle tavern those guys are doing some amazing work uh and overall i just want to thank you all for tuning into this episode the return of the titantron i cannot wait to have antonio as my co-host going forward but until then Take care.